0: I was on the phone and I couldn't get off of the call. It was an important call. Um, but I'm here now. And I've got questions in the backlog, the queue here in the chat room. I've got people on the phone. I've got people on the IM Cody Willard app. Download the IM Cody Willard app at the iPhone App Store or the Android Store now. If you're watching this on YouTube or wherever else you might be checking it out. Um, anybody want to jump in here with some questions to start on the call? I'll also open up the app interactivity here. Anybody on the call with a question? Otherwise, I'll. Start maybe I should just before I even start with questions, I usually start to. Like to start doing, um was the market commentary. And as I sent out in a note to Trading with Cody subscribers today, the market was is down, it's down 106 at this moment. It was down 150 at the moment I sent that out, which was about two thirds of 1%. Stock market down two thirds of 1% on the day, which means it's uh, about two thirds of 1%, maybe 70% of 1% away from its all time high. so just a little perspective for you there 150 point drop today you look at a two-year chart you can barely even see it but that said there is some magnitude to some of those sell-offs this morning and a little bit of jitteriness in the market what i called worry in the market this morning and that i wouldn't call it panic but worry (coughs) excuse me in the in the market this morning with that and That's enough. That um, you know, it's not like it's turning me bearish or something. I've been bullish, at calling this bubble, bullet, bubble blowing bull market, and had myself and my subscribers and my money positioned for this for seven, eight, nine, eight years now. Since twenty ten, I guess. I call it seven years. Um, when I left TV, and. I'm still bullish. I still think the bubble blowing bull market and the dynamics that create that are mostly intact. Um, but the point being, this morning, you know, CMG, Chipotle down 15%. It's a terrible quarter on top of a terrible year. So shouldn't really surprise anyone. GE down yet again this morning to a new multi-year low. Um and no sign of a bounce there. Um, I, it's a little bit of, there's some fear out there, perhaps, and it might be a healthy thing to get a bit of a fearful pullback in the near term. Um, uh, The market hasn't had a 5% pullback in two years. Uh, S&P 500 could use a 5% pullback, a little bit of fear would be a good thing, I think, um, as another as an opportunity for us to do some nibbling. Um, when we've had some fear-driven sell-offs in the last five years, seven years, uh, as trading with Cody subscribers know, we've several times gone in and bought some call options and made some nice gains on those in the next in the ensuing months. But I don't know that I'd do that right now. Valuations are a bit stretched. I was pleased yesterday. I was speaking with a privately held company and uh, that might go public in a couple of years, uh, technology company. And I asked him about uh, his valuation and I said, I would guess you're doing a hundred million dollars in sales this year and that your valuations say you're growing 50, 70% per year, let's say a 10 to 12 times sales valuation. And he was like, wow, that's high. Really, I think in the public market, I see companies trading at 10 to 12 times sales growing 50% per year. I said, maybe you should take your company public sooner. (laughs) Um, Anyway, that underscores the fact the valuations are a bit stretched. A lot of growth stocks trading at 10 to 12 times sales. You know, a name that I've been meaning to look at, actually, at their rate, I've been doing some homework on Mon MongoDB, which uh, it's a database company that just went public uh, last week. And it's $1.5 billion valuation. Kane Lee, shout out, uh, the chief technology officer who did all this magic that enables me to live stream interactively with you, um, along with our partners at VideoCorp, Srini, Wim, love you guys, Alex. Russia, thank you. Um, but, Russia. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Kane loves MongoDB. He, uh, texted me the had them blocked. At any rate, uh, DB, let's look at the valuation here. Financials. Not ah, great, the valuation's not on the internet yet. I don't know what they're... Let's see if analysts. Uh, okay, here we go. Analysts next year are expecting $150 million in sales for 2018. I just said market caps, 1.5 billion. That is 10 times sales. I think there's a lot of growth companies out there technology growth companies trading at 10 to 12 or even higher time sales and um, that's a bit stretched They're great companies many of them will grow into those out of the live stream so i'm back and where the heck was i 1.5 billion dollar valuation many many companies out there trading at those kinds of levels and many of them will grow into those valuations in coming years and maybe BondoDB db will be worth 15 billion dollars So it won't necessarily preclude me to investing in some of those companies, by the way. But as a general statement on the market, it underscores the rather high valuations out there. Um, So anybody on the call or on the app want to take questions? Can I ask a question, Cody? Yes, please. Yeah, just in general, I mean, you've been kind of... Almost being a little more conservative. Is there like a number of, you know, like a cash percentage that you think would be? I know you don't like to comment exactly. Everybody's different, but you know, ten percent or fifteen percent or twenty percent that maybe you know we should have as a reserve if if we get a pullback to buy some stuff that you like to pick up in your opinion. Um, as you hinted at there, I don't give an answer uh, I never give a percentage because everyone's risk tolerance is different Um, everyone's personal um, situation is different and as I've mentioned before my situation from five years ago when I was a carefree single bachelor former hedge fund manager versus having two children a wonderful wife and a one of those children being medically fragile uh, that needs nurses um, is it it underscores the changing um risk tolerance for everyone and so let me just tell them please quit texting me um so the the oh my god please stop texting guys thank you the point being that yes i'm more conservative than now 7 years ago 6 years ago in 2011 i was 150% invested i had call options and was aggressively long i'm much less than 150% much not it's much being relative i'm less than 100% net invested right now um, if let's put it this way You should probably have at least twice as much cash right now, as you did 18 months ago. Um, If you were 80% invested 18 months ago. Maybe you should have 60% invested right now, be 35, 40% in cash. I mean, that's seems really defensive, but. 80% uh, could have been considered defensive. 18 months ago when i was more bullish than i am right now um there's no right answer to it It, it, i would tell you err on the side of being comfortable with cash when the stock markets are up 300 percent from there where they were three five years ago three or five years ago and um as great as the economy is that's a part a lot of that is Already priced in the market, it could be argued more than priced into the market with. So many tech companies trading at 12 to 15 times earnings. So err on the side of caution. Uh, when everybody is praising the economy and the bull market. Does that answer your question? Caller. Hello. Hope I didn't lose you. Um I want to invite users to ask questions. Please jump in including Mike, please. Didn't mean to get frustrated with you guys texting me. Um Got questions here in the chat room and I'm sure I've got some emailed in for me today. to the chat room. Well, Cody, I am 69 years young in my cool day. In my day, cool had a positive spin to it. So I'm holding Pat, hoping for a good report. Oh, he was answering something I said earlier. A question I had earlier in the day was Cody or anyone else. You have ideas for for solar going into earnings. It's getting smacked around a bit today. And my answer was, Regarding First Solar going into earnings, be cool. Also, in my note this morning that I sent a train with Cody subscribers, I mentioned I'm trying to be cool. As always, we should always be cool with our money. Don't stress with your money. If you're stressed, you're over-leveraged, you're over-invested, you're doing something wrong. And yes, there will be stressful times. I've been stressed. I've been stressed about money since I had Ameris. All right. So I'll be frank about it. Um, again, it changed my perspective on things, um, not to mention, you know, my monthly bills. And um, I used to never care about money. But with a family um, comes legacy and wanting to do things in a different way. And I guess I am stressed about money. So I shouldn't be not sure I should raise more cash or something because I'm stressed. Maybe it's just part of my life cycle right now. It again goes back to the question we had earlier about how much cash each of us should have on the books. It's different for everyone. It's different for me. And I'm still figuring it out for myself even. It's life changes. Cycle of life. All right. Cody, does trimming Google um, is that partly because you're cautious about earnings related to Google? When are Google earnings? Is it this week? Let's see. You can tell I'm closer to the uh, Warren Buffett approach of not caring necessarily about the day-to-day stock price action, much less even the 90-day 90 fluctuations in uh, corporate earnings at so my biggest revolution investments that I've owned for many, many years. Sure. Companies that I buy uh, recently or younger companies, I do follow earnings reports um, and, and their date and their timeline a little more seriously, even um, being a long term investor as I am but for, mo- uh, for most of my money. You see to do some short term trades every once in a while. There we go, 1026, tomorrow, earnings tomorrow. I've got to grab the bat, charge the laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I trimmed some Google this week. Train with Cody, uh, subscribers got a trade alert from me yesterday morning I believe it was um, I've owned Google since the day it came public at $45 a share uh, split adjusted cost basis my own shares that I bought when I left TV and got back into investing and trading and they're up a bunch and I've been trimming them a little bit uh, I trimmed some this week 15% which is actually quite a bit um, it's been a top three largest position for me uh, for five years. Apple, Google, and Facebook. Facebook was uh, a while ago and I've trimmed it down a little bit. Apple was, I've trimmed it, but it is I think currently my lar- single largest position at this moment. if uh, um, You're on the app and you'd like to ask me a question. I'm inviting you. you got questions, otherwise, please jump in. I want to do an interactive on the app. Someone chime in. There's how many of you? So a a couple of, how many, 10 people watching? One of you has a question and knows how to log in and ask it. Mike, if you're there, please ask your question. Piper in Whitney, Texas. How's it going? Ah, Piper, what's your question? Your audio. Uh, you know is a little off the top, topic. But I guess what? I have a little bit of investments in gold and silver bullion. I guess what will happen if Bitcoin becomes the standard currency? I can't hear the question. If anybody was on that question, uh, heard it, um, post it in the chat room. Piper, I'm disconnection. We'll try again in a minute if you want um any subscribers out there with questions I, I love the, the the interactivity of the IM app but if you're not there I'll be patient not use it um question I got yesterday was Cody what are your top five artificial intelligence stocks AI stocks and I have four that are sort of uh, not going to surprise anyone who's uh, followed me and or um, AI. Uh, those four. And then the fifth will surprise you. Um, <clears throat> first one, Amazon. Alexa, play. Let's see what I was listening to before I got on the call. Here's the station you might like <laughs> All 70s from Amazon Music. Pick the station for me. and A lot of times it'll just start where I was listening to. Oh, no. Please, no Eagles. Alexa, next. I like the Eagles in high school. Not so much as an adult. Alexa, next. Could have listened to this song last week when I was leaving L.A. Say goodbye to Hollywood. Alexa, stop. That's artificial intelligence, by the way, that she goes, here's a station you might like. I'm actually glad that she did that now that that happened, because that underscores her artificial intelligence brain back there in the cloud that is processed and stored what me and my colleague downstairs who uses my Alexa account, uh, you like to listen to. Um, Luckily, we have similar, and he was a very influential person in uh, me developing my musical style my musical tastes so he uh i don't mind that it uses his selection his music selections to help base its choices for me such as a station i might like 70s rock um so amazon number 1 and amazon's doing stuff with artificial intelligence besides miss a I don't want to say her name, she'll talk to me again. Um, she's going to figure out how not to li- talk to me unless I'm actually talking to her also because of artificial intelligence. And stuff will continue to improve. NVIDIA is another one. NVIDIA chips are powering that and so much other else stuff in the cloud that is AI, artificial intelligence, and deep knowledge, all of that stuff. Uh, NVIDIA is the leading platform and chipset to drive it. Um, Google... Google's trying to compete with Miss A over there in Amazon uh, with their Google Home devices and uh, artificial intelligence in the back end. Of course, Apple is, too, but Apple's is not an AI company. I don't think AI is going to move the needle for, A- for Apple anytime soon. Um, and Intel is another one. Um, that one's a little bit of a stretch as an AI play. They are definitely investing in AI and they will help drive AI. And if you got a spokesperson from Intel on the phone, they tell you what a a huge lead or what a great start they're off to in AI, but it's not um, a pure AI play. Uh, But I still, it's powering a lot of the stuff in the cloud and it's clearly going to be a part of artificial intelligence, Uh, the brains that make stuff happen. Um, and then the one that will surprise you is Verizon. Uh, Verizon is, um, I bought it recently because it's a 5G plate. They've invested billions in 5G spectrum and are building infrastructure for 5G right now. And AI artificial intelligence will, um, improve as the amount of data that it can collect improves. And the amount of data that you can collect improves as you have more broadband and as you can put more Internet of Things devices and more more um, sensors that are sending data back to the cloud in cars or in robots or in drones and in everything else that the stuff will that AI will be collecting data from and then improving. upon. So Verizon is a stealth AI play. It will have, It will provide the riverbed upon which the IEI water will flow. (laughs) Write a song about Mm. it. Uh, More questions? Questions? I'm here. Oh, people in the chat room don't realize I'm here. Ask me anything. I told them I was going to be a little bit late, as I was on the call. I like to try to channel my inner Howard Stern when I'm doing these. <laughs> I've been listening to him a lot in the last few years since I left TV, So I've been driving a lot more since I left New York. Um, I left New York when I left TV. And um, he does a great job talking every day, not rushing what he's getting into. I think I used to rush things a lot on TV. Felt the pressure of the next commercial break. 41 minutes out of every hour was for the show. I wanted to get as much in as possible. I had co You know, nobody wants a co-inker. <laughs> All right. There um, was a question I had today also this morning in the chat room that went like this. Cody can, RFID, I own an RFID stock trading with Cody. All of you trading with Cody subscribers know which one it is. Uh, those of you who are not trading with Cody subscribers, I'm not giving you this, name. I'm not giving you this name. You're watching this on YouTube. You gotta go trade, subscribe to tradingwithcody.com if you want this name. It's a small cap that could become the de facto standard in RFID. And RFID is a technology that will probably power a lot of those automated grocery stores as the teller job, not teller, grocery store clerk job goes away. And the question is, can retailers afford to say add six cents per tag, plus the labor of applying the RFID tag to every item in their stores and. The answer is that a lot of that stuff is you're picturing right now. You got to look out three years and RFID technology will be embedded in the packaging at most retailers, maybe not in three years, let's say five to 10 years, which is why our small cap RFID stock is a high risk stock. It's not the de facto standard yet. This is not a developed market yet. It still costs six cents per RFID tag and time for people to put them on at this current juncture, but that's changing this current juncture also. And in another three to five, 10 years, RFID or other types of sensors will be keeping track of everything in the store. So I don't think it's relevant, um, even the question, because I own that stock as a bet on that three to five years out from now, it's well on its way to becoming an RFID De facto standard. My partners at the IM app like to tease me about my usage of the term de facto standard. And that I'm okay with that. It's an important concept in technology. So as, as investors in technology and revolution investors um, and my partners at the app, I invite you to read this book, too. You guys should all read this book called Information Rules. It's written, I think, in 96. Um, I used to use it in my classes at when I would teach revolutionomics at Seton Hall. And I would spend the first month teaching out of that book. And we'd go through the whole book and some really important lessons, including lock-in when companies try to lock you in and make it hard to leave their platform. Um, Even the platform, it's talked about in there very early on, um, the term platform. De facto standard. If you can become a de facto standard platform, you lock people in. That creates switching costs. And these are all terms that are very important in technology. One thing I always come back to that, I will tell you here and now, is the end game of the internet, though, is actually about empowering the end user. So I would spend the first four weeks of class teaching them about these technology rules, these technology business rules, and revolutionomics, and how important they were in revolutionomics, and then I'd go, okay, and everything, just learned, throw it out, because we probably should ignore it all. That's not entirely true. You still see Apple, Facebook, Google, Amazon using lock-in costs, uh, lock-in and switching costs and trying to become de facto standards and and develop their own platforms. And you see me continue to invest in those companies because they do that. So like everything, we can have two simultaneously thoughts in our head if we try and it's an important thing to do. Challenge your own assumptions and your own Mm -hmm. ideas and know that there's a time and place for everything, eventually, especially in the biggest difference between Apple and Google in that regard. Apple is also about the silo and trying to control you and things like that. and Google is, too. But Apple's first and foremost, a hardware business. They make their money selling you these gadgets that I'm talking on and typing on. Google is a data company, a search company, an advertising company. And as I heard the great George Gilder say recently at the Money Show, advertising is a business model that's built on something that people hate. Nobody wants to be advertised to. It's a form of propaganda. It's just corporate propaganda, right? Buy this product. I mean, it's trying to make you aware of things. Yes, and that's great. But the vast majority of us don't want advertising in our lives. And so investing in companies that are building their business around something that nobody wants, it's sort of a counterintuitive top, uh, thought. And it is something that at some point, um, you know, it's probably something we need to address. The uh, comeuppance might be coming for these companies who are built around siloing mm-hmm. information. Comeuppance, I always like to use the word comeuppance. Hey, Cody, I hope I can hear you. Mike. Excellent. I had a question for I mean, you. Why? It doesn't work that I can't hear you guys. Is it because I've got you blocked? here? You can't there? hear me? Mike, I can't hear you. Okay. Then I'm- I bet the people listening can hear you. Will you text me your question and I'll yes. It I out will. Thank you, sir. Anybody else listening that would like to test and see if we actually get some interactivity that works this time. Where's Catherine and uh, Ted? No, not Ted. Joe, where's Catherine and Joe? I usually chime in on these. Joe, my oldest trading with Cody subscriber and my most technologically savvy trading with Cody subscriber. There's here's a question in the chat room. Cody, are you expecting slash preparing for a crash? Is there an event that you are looking for to trigger a catch? No, I am not at this moment expecting or preparing for a crash in the near term, or even frankly probably for the midterm, saying over the next two to three years. Um, There is always the threat of a crash. There are always things that no matter how well prepared you are, how much you've researched, how tapped in you are, how smart you are, how well you're connecting the dots, you can make mistakes. And you don't want to be 150% long when it crash hits. Probably don't even want to be 80% long when it crash hits. I think realistically, most of us are not going to be out of the markets entirely when it crash hits. Although I was successfully able to do that when I closed my hedge fund in 2007 in October 2007, six months before the financial crises crashed the markets. Um, But the the next part of the question is, is there an event you are looking for to trigger a crash? And yes, it will probably be an event that will trigger a crash, like real estate securities crashing and Lehman then going under although an event might not be the right word um we're looking for circumstances that trigger a crash because it wasn't like the Lehman event by itself is what caused the financial crisis not like Bear Stearns going bankrupt and the government giving a six dollar welfare check for every share to the investors in Bear Stearns and then giving the entire assets of the bank for free and giving free capital to JP or whatever. I, that's, I'm getting off topic. The point being, I'm throwing that out of frustration at the bailouts, um, mm-hmm. including the Bear Stearns bailout. Um, all of them, the point being that there was a circumstances that led up to that. It wasn't just a singular event that somehow caused those crashes. And, There are always banks, global investment banks and or sovereign governments that are doing things, even if they're not nefarious, that are doing things that are stupid. And when those stupid things come home to roost, hundreds of billions of dollars can be lost. And they'll be lost along the way. It's just eventually they get, those losses get recognized. And then events, based on those, the circumstances of there being so many losses, those events then start to trigger crashes. Chicken and egg, I don't even know what triggers the crashes. The crashes start triggering the events in many ways. And you get vicious cycles. Another term that is in information rules the book aforementioned. So I don't see, in 2007, I closed my hedge fund and wrote all the time that I thought things were precarious and talked nonstop about that there was, you never had real estate across the country downturn all at once, but it looked like it was happening. And Bernanke was on TV saying that's never happened. Don't worry about it. 2007, I'm going, wait a minute, it is happening. Just because it never happened doesn't mean it won't. And if it does, there's trillions of dollars of securities and insurance and derivatives around securities that are going to go up in flames. And the casinos that are writing that insurance that are allowing these hedge funds to gamble on this stuff, the casino itself is going down. They don't have the money to cover the losses. So then we get the balance and you get crises and you get crashes. And I don't see that right now. But boy, am I paranoid for it. I don't want to be caught off guard when it comes. But there are crises brewing out there that could cause crashes. It could be a currency event. It could be interest rate event. It could be things like those things spiking or crashing or going crazy in different directions. And then you end up with, as Warren Buffett would say, people who were swimming naked being exposed. And then the cycle starts. Are we here right now? I don't think so. Every time we get a sell-off of 150 points, though, I have my some of my PermaBear hedge fund friends and PermaBear other friends Going to talk to me about tell me call me text me email me tell me say it's coming it's coming it's right here right now the consumer's dead Meanwhile, unemployment's you know on a trend as i've been saying it, lower unemployment Consumers has been strong a few more questions here in the chat room if you're on the call and you want to ask, if you're on the um app and you want to ask me a question please do here's a question regarding corker and flake Will this impact the GOP tax plan? It doesn't matter. The GOP tax plan, the Democrat tax plan, they're all a continual moving along a spectrum of lower taxes and freer money and assistance and subsidies for giant corporations like the ones we invest in. The nuances around what's past and what's not is noise Taxes for corporations have been trending lower for 25, 30 years, and they will continue trending lower for the foreseeable future. Whether Corker and Flake or the GOP or the Democrats or none of the above come together on a quote unquote comprehensive tax package. Corporations will get more breaks, more subsidies. The biggest story that will probably end up in being a compromise, so called compromise out of all these negotiations and fake negotiations between the Republicans and Democrats and Trump and Corker and flake and the rest of them. Will be. Allowing global corporations based in the United States to bring home their trillions of dollars of capital based overseas. Maybe tax-free, maybe at 5% or something. And then they'll give them all kinds of loopholes. Even if they say it's at 15%. They'll give so many loopholes around when you bring it home that you'll probably end up, these corporations will probably not pay much on all those built-up earnings and cash reserves around the world. that are sitting in banks not in the U.S. or so they have not had to pay taxes in the U.S. yet, even though they're using our court systems or roads, our stadiums. And getting subsidies and from middle class Americans who are paying their real estate taxes in the places where these corporate headquarters are located that don't pay their real estate taxes. Subsidized by the middle class guy who's paying 35% on his income. While the corporate real corporate tax rate not reported the real corporate tax rate is fifteen percent or lower already before these tax bills so point being more of the same expect lower taxes for corporations more subsidies for corporations higher stock prices lower costs of capital for corporations higher stock prices until that those circumstances change and we need to be paranoid and looking for those circumstances changing it all ties together your questions my answers The whole theme of the discussion is one big economic market reality. Deep thoughts, man. Cody, what do you expect from Amazon in its earnings this week? And feet to fire, how do you think Amazon will react to its earnings this week? So it's good. He actually underscores. I've been using the word underscores too much on this call. He, this question, Olive, Petunia, I guess it might be a female, sorry um uh point being when you talk about earnings you can talk about hey are the earnings going to be great and then the next question is will they be better than expected great and then will they be is the market expecting better than expected earnings anyway and how are those guys who, who own the stock or are betting against the stock positioned near term it gets to be a real cluster to try to game all of this which is why i don't often game earnings i do sometimes buy some call options or something for an earnings report once a year roll the dice i also go play blackjack every once in a while i go play pokers every once in a while i love playing poker don't do it very often got kids at home it so all the same theme right question amazon earnings this week should be great fantastic you know your discussions about how great whole foods integration's going blah 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 jeff bezos will probably deliver if he doesn't it'll be because companies spent too much and the margins were down um top line missed or whatever i'm not worried about amazon's last 90 days i'd expect it to be strong but i don't care Feet to fire. How do you think Amazon will react to its earnings this week? Feet to fire. You always use that, guys. You, in between, Cody subscribers know. If, if they ask the feet to fire guess, I'll give it to them. Feet to fire guess. Amazon, down 2% after its earnings report. Hi, Cody. I would like to ask you if you have time if you could elaborate more on money management and a strategy to put in place in a down market. For money management, I know every case is different, but I am struggling in knowing what is the cash position I should have in my investment portfolio. I'm not talking about cash in general, but the cash portion of my investment portfolio. I read about you leaving the market in the past when you thought it was time to leave, but is that the strategy? And when will it be that time? sell everything leave the market and or and wait sorry for the long question but i enjoy and value i'm gonna read this last part because it's real complimentary sorry for the long question but i enjoy and value a lot reading your views and not just on stock pish, picking but especially on money management market psychology and lessons from fa- past experiences well thank you for the kind words rick ma 66 um, we've hit on that earlier, and I don't want to repeat myself, so let me sort of hit uh, expand upon what I was saying earlier. Um, this question's in the chat room, and they might not have heard what we said. They will get the transcript that has all of these questions and answers typed out in organized form um, and a little bit edited. Um, for trading with Cody subscribers exclusively for trading with Cody subscribers, what are you doing if you're not a subscriber trading with Cody? Um, there is no right answer, and I to go to your the crux of your question is that should we leave the market if we expect to crash? And <laughs> even for that, I'm going to say maybe. Because I don't think, uh, gosh darn it, I'm out of coffee and I'm thirsty, getting hoarse. This is harder than a TV show. You got commercial breaks at Fox. The um, point being that, look, I think that the vast majority of you are not going to be able to sell everything and. Get out of the market before the next crash and time it well enough that you don't end up regretting it because the market went up before you were before the after you got out, but before the crash, or you didn't get back in at the bottom of the crash, all of that stuff. And that's why I say, look, just have your cake and eat it too. Be a little bit nuanced. We don't have to be greedy, we don't have to be fearful. You can have a little bit of both. We have to accept that there will be times in our lives that. Various assets that we invest in, stock market, bonds, real estate, gold, Bitcoin. They will go up and they will go down. There will be times when it sucks to own stocks. You'll be sick to your stomach and think, how could I have not sold everything at the top? I did that last time. I was a genius. It was lucky. Let's keep it real. I was not a genius. It was lucky. That, it's hard. That's why I'm trimming some now. I'm more cautious because the markets are through the roof and we've been so ripe for so long. We have so many stocks up 500%, 1,000%. Let's catch our breath, let's take profits. But I don't wanna get out. And even if I thought the markets were gonna crash next week, I probably still wouldn't get out entirely. I might just raise some more cash and be a little more defensive and accept that there will be losses in my stocks. It's, it's, if you're 90 years old, if you're seven years old, if you're 40 years old, you you might have more money invested in various places in the stock market than you could even get out right now. I mean, how long would it take you to go to all of your 401ks, your IRAs, your broker accounts, different, whatever. You got to go get all that money out. Let's just slow down a little bit. There will be a crash someday. You should be prepared for it. When it, After it's crashed again, we should start getting more aggressive. And maybe before, there might be an opportunity. If there's a 20% market pullback. I might say, look, I think I might get a little more aggressive long again, even though there's we're getting closer to the eventual crash. Because it's not on the time horizon yet. Like I don't think it is right now, I'm staying long. maybe they're going to be a blow off top in the stock market maybe i'm foolish for not being more aggressively long right now even let's flip our own logic all we're doing is talking about crashes meanwhile markets are at all-time highs let's pet ourselves on the back for being long but we could have been longer can always make more money baby i'm getting hoarse any questions last time then I'm out of here. Anybody on the call? Did I hang up? Crap. I think I hung up on everybody on the call. Let's see if let get one more other time here. Dun, 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 dun. I did that last time, remember? I hung up on the call. Hit the wrong button. Hit the X a lot. Um Another question in the chat room here is about Google earnings. Feet to fire, what do I expect? I expect strong earnings. Um, I expect better than expected earnings. I expect the stock will be up 2% feet to fire guess the day after. Please re-enter your access code, followed by the pound or hash if you are the host press star now otherwise please wait and you will be joined into the conference i cannot believe i hung up on everyone on the conference they're all gone An idiot. good thing i'm in the technology business i don't know how to use it all right everybody that's it peace love and happiness be vigilant be flexible be cautious. Be cool. Hey.